You're listening to Biceps After Babies Radio, episode 263. Hello, and welcome to Biceps After Babies Radio, a podcast for ladies who know that fitness is about so much more than pounds lost or PRs. It's about feeling confident in your skin and empowered in your life. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, a registered nurse, personal trainer, wife, and mom of four. Each week, my guests and I will excite and motivate you to take action in your own personal fitness as we talk about nutrition, exercise, mindset, personal development, and executing life with conscious intention. If your goal is to look, feel, and be strong and experience transformation from the inside out, you, my friend, are in the right place. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, and today is such a great episode. One, because I have my sister on the podcast again. Rachel Coons is back. She was on um, episode 161, where we talked about moderation with food, and that has become uh, a top 10 podcast, uh, downloaded podcast, so that's definitely a good one to go back and listen to. Uh, But today we're changing up the topic a little bit and talking about reducing spending on groceries. So if you're somebody who's been wanting to cut down your budget, maybe make sure you're a little bit more intentional with where your money goes so that you're spending a little bit less at the grocery store so that you can spend a little bit more on, I don't know, things that are a little bit more fun like travel or paying down uh, debt or saving for a rainy day, then this episode is going to be clutch for you. Now, one of the things that we talk about on the podcast episode is grocery pickup or ordering groceries online. So Rachel does grocery pickup. I have my groceries delivered and I talk about that experience during the podcast. If that's something that you are curious in trying out, I do have a referral code for you. Uh, when you go and use this code, you save $20 off of your first time at Walmart shipping or doing online shopping at Walmart. And I get $20 as well. So just a heads up, it is an affiliate code, but I will link that in the show notes. So if you're wanting to, you know, after you listen to this, you want to try online shopping at Walmart for your groceries, I highly recommend it. You'll hear me share my experience during the episode. Uh, But you can go to bicepsafterbabies.com forward slash 263. So that's just the episode number, 263. And in the show notes, we'll have that referral link for you. All right. Without further ado, let's jump into the episode with Rachel Coons. A big, huge welcome to my sister and amazing grocery budgeter extraordinaire, Rachel Coons. Hey, Rach, how you doing? Hello. Uh, so this is the second time that we've had my sister on the podcast, um, but we're going to talk about a little bit of a different, uh, is it second time or third time? Second time. Second. 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 The first time we talked about moderation with food. And we'll link that one up in the show notes. Um, I don't know the number off the top of my head, but if you search biceps after babies and Rachel Coons, it'll come up. But the first one we talked about moderation. And actually, I don't think I've told you this, but that was a very highly downloaded episode, like in the top of episodes that have ever been downloaded. Booyah. So that was, that's a great episode. Uh, But I'm having Rachel back and we're talking about a totally different topic today. And that is the idea of saving money specifically on your grocery bill. And this is a perfect topic, I think, especially for the beginning of the year, because I think a lot of people are resolving to, you know, be better with their money or to budget more. And with food prices, the way that they are, I think this is a really timely, timely topic that we, that we're going to be talking about. So I'm really excited to have you on Rach. I'm excited to be here. So, okay. Tell us a little bit about you and specifically what you're, what you're doing now and how you're helping people with their grocery budget. 
So I uh, am a stay-at-home mom of four children, um, and I have... I started my, well, I've had an Instagram for a long time that I kind of, I dabbled in like intuitive eating. And then in 2020, I kind of switched over to like sharing easy, budget-friendly recipes for, you know, busy moms. And um, about that same time, so this was like during COVID, about that same time, kind of realized like how important my grocery budgeting was. And how easy it was to save money on my groceries. Like just by being attentive to a couple things, I was able to drastically cut our grocery spending. And I kind of shared this on my Instagram as I was going through this process. Uh, And it just took off. I got tons of questions about it. I felt like people were really interested. Those posts or stories or whatever got the most engagement. So I kind of just like leaned into it and was like, okay, well maybe this is what people want to hear. And I think I'm pretty good at it. And so it just kind of evolved into like, Oh, one day I woke up and I was like, I guess I'm a grocery budgeting coach. I guess that's what I'm helping people with. Um, but then also seeing the results that people were having. So like share was sharing what I was and the tips and tricks. And I saw how many people were saving all this money and it just kind of fueled my fire to keep going and to keep helping. And then, you know, with last year and this crazy inflation on food prices, people were just, I mean, I think everybody was super overwhelmed with what they were spending on their groceries. And so then it was just like, refining that and helping more people feel empowered. And so that's where we are today. Yeah. I mean, I, I, we, I was just doing grocery shopping the other day and, and I do it all on the Walmart app and get it delivered. And I know you do yeah. pick I do a delivery and like a game changer for me. And I was showing my husband some of the prices for things, well, eggs, especially. Oh (laughs) my gosh. Don't get me started. Stupid crazy right now. But even things like I was noticing the kale is up 50% Mm -hmm. from what I used to pay. Mm -hmm. It's like kale. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So I think it's a really timely thing. I think a lot of people are feeling that pinch right now. And especially if you have a very static budget, meaning you bring home the same amount of money each month and that's not going up, seeing more money be diverted towards food can be kind of scary for a lot of people. Stressful. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. And stressful. So it's, it's such a timely topic. And I know that you have some tips planned for us that are going to be really actionable. So as you guys listen, the goal is for you not to just listen and nod your head and say, yeah, that, that's really great. But for you to actually be able to walk away with some things that you can actually implement today to start saving money on your grocery bill. Uh, I am curious, since you're my sister and we were raised in the same household, I'm curious what you think uh, your upbringing and... Um, your experience, you know, in our family had, if at all, with kind of the path that you've gone down? Okay, well, I think you and I are the same in this respect. I don't have a good memory. Like, I just don't, (laughs) I don't really remember very much. You know what I just learned? So I've been diving in, this is a total side tangent, but we're going to go here because you're um, is uh, we've been learning about attachment, um, different attachment styles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not having a good memory is actually a very common with avoidant attachment styles, oh. right? Like I, anyway, huh. that's what I really identify with is, is definitely like an avoidant attachment. And when I read that, I was like, oh, well, that explains a whole lot. So anyway, that's something I've been diving okay. into. Well, I feel like I have like a secure attachment, but maybe not. Maybe I'm more avoidant. <laughs> right. Well, I thought so too. And then I started diving in and I was like, oh, I, <laughs> I, I have a lot of both. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 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 Anyway, I don't have a great yes. memory as well, but um, is there anything that you think from our childhood or is it just like, I don't know, nothing? 
Yes, I do. So no shade on mom. She was raising seven children. Like it was nuts. So chaos. And I just remember that dinner was, it was, I mean, she was so good about making us have family dinner, but the, the, the focus was never on the food. Like it was never on like <laughs> what we were eating. It was just being together. And being together that, again, I agree. It's great. Yeah. It was so great. And, and it still is that way. Like it's still, we're not worried about what we're eating. It's that we're together. Um, but for me, that kind of drove me the opposite way. It was like, as a mom, I was like, no, I'm not just going to have dinner. I like want to eat good food. And, um, so, you know, having like good, delicious meals, but then also mom and dad were super smart with their money growing up. They, they gave us a really good, um, like a really good picture of what it meant to be frugal. And no matter how much money you make, still being careful with what you spend and where your money goes. Uh, and that has obviously translated to me and, uh, the, the value of where your money goes is where your priorities are, right? Like what, what are you, what are you focused on? And that's where your money should go. I have, I have a funny memory of being in the grocery store. So we're one of, I'm one of seven. I'm the oldest of seven. And I remember, I mean, probably most of us were there. It was probably five or six of us were there following mom, like little, you know, the hen and like little chickens following her in the grocery (laughs) store. And I just remember, I don't even remember how many gallons of milk that we got and like put in the car. (laughs) But we had this like lady, like stop, uh, stop my mom. And she just like looked at my mom and said, why don't you just buy a cow? (laughs) And all of us were like, Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Why don't you just buy a cow? Mom, she didn't even, she was so like blindsided by that comment. She didn't even have like a good, answer come back I think she was like <laughs> why she should have said why should I buy you <laughs> oh, wow wow that, that was the comeback she that should was, have used that was the missed opportunity <laughs> to come back no but, it's probably good she did the same thing but our mom is very frugal and we yeah going to thrift stores like I remember going back to school shopping and going to thrift stores and we value village yeah. we each had a budget that we could might buy clothes to like fit that budget so you know, I definitely feel like we had a good upbringing specifically in just budgeting, being money conscious and, you know, making it work with whatever resources that you had. And I went through a phase of couponing and really, really budgeting when we were in residency. So uh, I think, I think we got a a good tutorial in in that really, really young that I don't think a lot of people get. And I think it's maybe while some of this comes easy to you. Um, And now you're share it with other people who it doesn't come naturally and easy to. So, yeah. Okay. So money can be a really touchy subject, right? And I know that you deal with that sometimes on the internet. It was like, as we start talking about money, people get real up in arms about, yeah. About the top. Um, Yeah. But we, but we all, like we all have to deal with it on a very daily basis. So what, if you're like, someone's asking you what your overall money philosophy is, how would you answer that question? Oh, this is like such a loaded question and something, actually something that I'm really working on right now with my own money mindset and how I view money, you know, as an entrepreneur and, and focusing on, uh, yeah, what, what do I think money does and how does it affect our lives? Um, I think, I think the hard part too, with, with me preaching budgeting, and I I say this because I'm really focusing on like an abundance mindset, right? Like money comes and goes, money doesn't rule us. I, I don't actually believe it's the root of all evil. I think money is good. It can be such a powerful thing in our life. But also, 
like I said before, your priorities are where your money goes. So when you look at your budget breakdown and where you're spending your money every month, something why I'm so passionate about grocery budgeting is it's a, a, it's a, an expense that you have to do every single month, right? Like you have to buy food for your family, but it doesn't have to be a high expense and it doesn't have to rule everything else. You know, you don't have to be spending all this money on your groceries. And it's just the little things that can really bring that down. Um, so then what you're saving on your groceries can then go to your high priority items. Are you really focused on saving for retirement? Are you really focused on going out on date night with your husband or on family vacations? Like putting money where it actually counts is how you can build real wealth. And, um, yeah, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but that's like what I'm, that's where I'm trying to target with my followers. Yeah. I, I, I think a lot of what you're, you're trying to teach is intentionality is like, yes, spend as much money as you want to on your groceries. It's, you're not telling anybody that they, they have to spend less, but it's an intentionality. It's like, do you want to be spending that much money or would you rather put that money towards a new house or a car or your kid's schooling yes. or traveling or retirement or whatever it is? It's just like an intentionality with your priorities. I heard a, a quote once or recently, and they, the quote was something to the effect of, um, your actions indicate your priorities more than what you say your priorities are. Yes. And I think it's such a good uh, reflection of looking and saying, first of all, doing like an inventory of where do I spend my money currently? And what does that indicate about my priorities? And do right. I like, do I like that? Do I want, right. Am I always saying, Oh, I want to prioritize travel, but then never actually putting money towards it. Or I want to prioritize retirement or a new house or whatever it is, but then you don't have money. You're not prioritizing money towards it. Is there a way to be able to shift some money from one part of the budget? And like you said, it's somewhat easy to reduce your grocery budget, maybe more so than right. your mortgage. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like that. 100%. That's a lot more. Well, money. And I was just, I was just telling my husband the other day, I was like, I don't care how much money we make. Like, it doesn't matter, you know, whether we're pulling in a ton of money, I'm still going to grocery budget. Like there is, this is so easy. I've got the system and systems in place now, and I'm so confident in what I'm doing. There's no reason for me not to do. And maybe as time goes on, I'll get more lax on some things. You know, my kids will get older. We might need more easy go-to meals or whatever, but Sure, this is something that I will always focus on because it is, I would rather have my priorities be somewhere else. Yeah, that's so good. Okay, so let's get into some some tangibility and some ways that people can leave this episode and go and actually start to implement some of the tips to really be able to see a reduction in the amount that they are spending on their grocery bill. Uh, so I want to go through, I know you have three money-saving grocery tips for us. So let's kind of, can you give us like a just a quick one, two, three of what they are, and then let's dive into each of them. Is that cool? Yeah. Yep. So the first one is um, meal planning, planning your meals for the week. The second is to limit your grocery ship trips, um, being really intentional with your grocery trips. I teach two-week grocery shopping. That's like one of the big things that we will talk about in my course um, is pushing out that grocery trip. And then uh, the third one is ordering online. Like that might be the, that might be the biggest one. That's the big end all be all. Okay. That's, that's the juiciest one that we're going to save till the very end. Yes. Uh, yes. So let's, okay. So let's start with number one, which is meal planning. What do you mean? Like, I think when people hear meal planning, they think lots yes. of different things. So yes. when you say yes. meal planning, what do you mean? 
Okay. So I am also super simple and like anything that is going to take me a long time or be super uh, intensive, it's going to be a barrier for me. So I try and keep my meal planning very simple. And this is kind of what it looks like for me is I sit down at the beginning of the week or whenever you want a meal plan, I give myself, you know, 20 to 30 minutes and I pick four to five meals for the week that I'm planning. And it's literally whatever sounds good and whatever like goes with what I have on hand already. So I usually I call it shop the shelf where I'll, I'll look at my fridge. I'll look at my pantry, see what I have that I need to use up and then try and meal plan meals around that. And then maybe if I found a meal that I really want to try for the week, I'll throw that in there as well. I write down the four meals that we plan. And then I immediately, again, like I said, go on and order my groceries. It's super simple. It's not, it shouldn't take you a ton of time. Um, I'm always like saving recipes that I want to try, or I have a list of like 20 recipes that I are my go my go to that I know my kids will like. Um, but everything trying to be frugal, budget friendly, kid friendly in my in my organization. I think one of the cool things that I heard you say once, because um, I think a lot of people when they hear meal planning, they think, okay, I have to plan seven meals for the entire week. Oh, right. Remember you right. talked one time about like, no, like three to four, <laughs> like, like yeah. three to four meals. Um, you know, maybe one of those nights is a date night. So you don't have to plan it. One of those nights is leftovers. You know, maybe one of those nights you like do something else, but I think people get really overwhelmed with trying to plan seven meals. And I just love your recommendation of like, let's plan like four, like can you yeah. meals this week Yeah, and going from there? I, and what do you usually do the other nights of the week? I, it's funny. I'm actually like recording a reel on this today. <laughs> so by the time this podcast comes out, you can go back and, and look at this on my page. Um, okay. So I, I found my sweet spot is four meals and that is because one of the meals will be leftovers. One of the meals is date night. So my husband and I go out, the kids will just eat, you know, mac and cheese or chicken nuggets or whatever at home. And then the third meal is either leftovers or it forces me to do a shop the shelf meal. And sometimes people want to meal plan that meal just so they know what they're doing. But it just gives me flexibility throughout the week where I'm like, you know, I open the fridge and I'm like, shoot, I have Brussels sprouts that I really need to use. Okay. I'm going to like go off schedule and use those. Um, I, I find that working like when I've worked with clients before and people who are meal planning six to seven meals, they just end up having a ton of food waste. Yeah. You're, they're they're like wasting over, too much food. Yeah. Right. You they're overbuying. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we just want to make sure you're using everything that you're purchasing. Uh, and that's what, that's what works for us. Yeah. I like that idea. So it's one night of leftovers, one night of date night, and then one night of like shop the shelf. It's like a little challenge. I, I see it. It's fun for me. I see it as like a little challenge. Yeah. <laughs> what can I make from all the things that I have? Exactly. Well, and it gives me flexibility too, right? Like I don't, I also don't meal plan for specific days of the week. It's not like Monday night, we're eating this Tuesday night, we're eating this because our schedule is fluid. There's some nights like last night we got invited to a friend's house for the national championship game. I had a meal plan, but it was like, Oh, that's going thrown out the window. That was one of our shelf cooking nights that I just decided we weren't going to shop the shelf that night. And we went and had food at somebody else's house. So it allows for some fluidity in your week. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, for us, uh, Friday night is always pizza night. So we've done homemade pizza for right. my entire yeah, years. Yeah. <laughs> my kids know it's like Friday night, it's like homemade pizza night. So that's been something too, that's been really helpful for me is like having some designated days where it's like, I do try to do like a meatless Monday. I try to do like, um, pizza on Friday. And that kind of helps me build out my, my structure schedule a little bit easier. So I, I have to think less and then yes. 
TJ has really been encouraging me. So I've been doing it recently is uh, just keeping a record of what I've done in the past. So before I would like yeah. refresh my, every time I would just like start a new Monday through, you know, Sunday uh, calendar. And he's like, why aren't you saving those? Why aren't you like yeah, having totally. them so you can go back and like reason? So I've been doing that. And that's been really totally cool. every, every couple months you could do that. Right. Like it totally. still feels so new every time. And you're like you me, it. you're like me though. Like you want to try new recipes too. I don't want to always cook the same recipe. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's where, even if I make the same thing, I like want to try a new recipe. <laughs> like if you're making enchiladas, you want to try like a new enchilada recipe. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Find the best one. <laughs> you gotta find ways to like make it fun when you're making dinner every night for the rest of your life. Well, not for the rest of your life, but this is a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> Absolutely true. Okay. So that's good. Meal planning, but make it simple. Don't overwhelm yourself. Don't overcomplicate it. Yes. Overcomplicate it. Make it simple. Okay, cool. Yeah. Number two. Number two is, um, well, I'm going to say two-week grocery shopping. This is going to stress people out just by saying that. But yes, two-week grocery shopping. I'm going to stand my ground on this one. <laughs> yeah. Okay, tell us what that means. Okay, so two-week grocery shopping is basically like you are buying everything you need for two weeks and not going back to the store for two weeks. And, and this is like something that you may have to build up to, but that that's the end goal, right? That's where we want to get you is to where you're only going to the grocery store twice a month. Why? Because every time you walk into the grocery store, you are going to spend money and spend you're money. probably going to spend more than you want. I, I mean, honestly, I've had people who just don't do anything else and they just two week grocery shop and they are like, how the heck did I spend this like way less than I was before just by doing the two week grocery shopping. Yeah. That's super cool. So what are the big, uh, objections that you hear? Barriers. I, okay. So the I number some, one, I have some barriers in my head. I I'm sure you do. And it's always produce. It's always, oh, well, produce. what do I do? Oh, okay. like well, my, my fridge is too small to like fit as much food as we need for two, two weeks for the size of people that we have. So then let's, let's d- dive into that a, for a second. Because I've seen your house and I know you have room in your garage for a second fridge. We don't. We actually, the measurements don't work. Our height of our ceiling, oh, where the oh, runners okay. go. The for our, okay. I know. Okay. I want one. I've tried. We've tried. Uh, we have a room for a freezer. I guess if I got like a short, or do they have short fridges? I don't know. You can check it out. Yeah. So that's like, like there are people who live in apartments or whatever. Like you yeah. just don't have room for a second fridge. I get that. Um, so then... To break through that barrier, let's get the main bulk of every of yeah. everything that you need, and then on that second week, it's just like either milk or like just like the things just milk, just like. produce, whatever. But yeah, like I that. mean, if you can handle not even going into the store, that second week is not a grocery trip. It's just getting those some items, and I also think a lot of people are amazed with what they can freeze. Mm. I actually learned from you freezing milk. Milk, yeah. I literally cannot taste a difference with frozen milk or non-frozen milk. I have people who tell me they can, which I'm like, yeah, let's do a blind taste test and actually test this out. And my kids think, but my family can taste the difference. Right. Bread, milk, like some of those things that you think can't freeze, you actually can. And that frees up a lot of um, fridge. I actually have a massive fridge. Like my fridge in my house is really big. Um, I don't have a second fridge. I have a second freezer. Um, but yeah, definitely having more storage makes it easier to two week grocery shop. Yeah. I like that idea just of, of making that, if you, if you do not have space of making that second grocery trip, just like 
the only the essentials that you you know, have to have in order, right. like, cause you don't have space or whatever. Right. And then, and then, but that also like coincides with meal planning, um, two week meal planning, right? So you're not just meal planning for one week, you're meal planning for two weeks at a time. Also, because who actually likes meal planning? Really? Like, does anybody have fun sitting down meal planning? No. I used don't. to when I felt like I had a ton of time, like it was kind of fun. And it was like, I don't know. I was going to like, have ideas for what I was going to make, but I, I'm not there anymore. No, no. Like you get to a point where you're like, this is just a task that has to be done. So why not, why not do it less? Yeah. Gotcha. Do it every twice a month instead of every week. I mean, again, barriers, like we want to cut down as many barriers as possible. Yeah. I have a funny story about, uh, freezing things. So I also think we were raised in a house where like everything was frozen. Like, our Oh mom- my gosh. Don't get me started. There are things frozen at mom and dad's house that should not be frozen. Let's be honest. <laughs> my mom freezes everything. So oh. <laughs> people probably think the same about me. Like that chick freezes everything. <laughs> yeah. So I remember when I went to college, I was, I, I, I had learned a lot about like freezing everything. And I remember I was like, huh, I wonder if you can freeze. I think it was either cottage cheese or sour cream. It was one of the two. I think it might've been sour cream. (laughs) So I'm like, I I don't know. I I don't know if you can, you know, I don't Google. I did not have a phone at that point in my life. Like, right, 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 right. right. I didn't even know what Google was at that point. And that tells you how old I am. Um, TJ actually taught me what Google was when, like when I met him, which yeah. Uh, there was no Google. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to test it out. And so I like froze my uh, sour cream. And let me tell you, mm, sour cream is not great. (laughs) (laughs) You can freeze cheese, bread, but not sour cream. It doesn't, and not block cheese doesn't work as well as like uh, shredded cheese. But yes, yes. Unless you're, unless you, like if you pre-shred it, it will work better. Yes. Yes. Anyway, that was my like funny story. I still remember that of like taking it out of the freezer and looking at it and be like, well, that didn't work. That was a <laughs> failed experience. Now I know. Now, now I know. Now I know for the rest of my <laughs> life, it doesn't really work. <laughs> um, but then something also with the two week grocery shopping is planning for that second. I mean, another barrier that people have is produce. Like how do I get my produce? Yeah, let's produce Cause I know that's a, big <clears throat> a lot of, okay. So I, I, I also want to question people when they say that produce doesn't last long. I, like, Let's dive deeper into that. Does all produce not last long or is it just maybe the produce that you're buying that doesn't last long? There are a lot of produce items that will last two weeks. You just have to find out what they are. And I actually think I have a list on my page somewhere of like long lasting produce options. Um, So then for that second week, focusing your meals around those items that you know will last for that second week. Um, And then, you know, and fruits as well, because, you know, people want to have fruit available for their family and you know some berries aren't going to last two weeks but oranges apples those kinds of things will last two weeks so really getting those those long-lasting produce for the second week but you know if you're really uh stuck on having fresh raspberries available for that second week then you just go grab it you know there's nothing stopping you there but really being mindful of like i don't want to spend a lot of money that second week yeah i think yeah it's so good and uh and you can also use frozen things that second week too. I know you've talked about totally like maybe that first week you have fresh raspberries and then the second week you have frozen raspberries. Yeah. My kids love frozen raspberries. Yeah. Same. Like Sam will just eat like frozen strawberries. That's like, that's his snack. He just strawberries. I know like, like rock hard. My teeth. (laughs) 
Uh, so, you know, frozen is a, is a good, what are some other, uh, if you have them off the top of your head of some of the longer lasting fruits and vegetables, so people can kind of have a sense of things that they can be thinking. Sure. About. Okay. So anything with like a skin on the fruit will last longer. So like all melons, um, oranges, cantaloupes will last longer in the fridge. A lot of things also will last longer in the fridge than they would on, on the counter. So like maybe I'll have my tomatoes out for the first week, but then I'll put them in the fridge for that second week. So they'll last the full two weeks. And I know, I mean, we live in California. Our produce is probably a little bit fresher than certain areas of the United States. Um, but then also like romaine hearts will last a long time. Like I can get my romaine hearts to last for almost a month. And there's also storage options. So like wrapping your lettuce in tin foil will make it last longer. Wrapping your celery in tin foil will make it last longer. Your herbs in a little cup of water in the fridge, they'll last longer if they're stored, it, the stems are stored in water. Um, and then broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, onions, potatoes, sweet potatoes. Um, I'm trying to think of... Like my green onions and my cilantro will last that long. Carrots. Carrots for sure. I always, I always keep carrots on hand because they last for forever. Anything else you can think of? Those are good. Yeah. Most, most fruit options will last two weeks in the fridge, except for berries. Berries are the hard one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But if berries, if with berries, you can rinse your berries in a vinegar water rinse and that will help them last way longer too because it gets off all the bacteria on the outside. I think it's three parts water to one part vinegar. Rinse them in that when you first get them and they'll last longer. Do you know what it is about the tin foil? I've never tried that. Like wrapping your romaine hearts. I think it might I think it might keep it colder. Hmm. Like a temperature regulation type of I don't know. I actually don't know. That's a good question. I was just curious. I've never but tried it definitely, that. it definitely works. But celery will last a long time too, right? Like celery yeah. isn't usually one that goes bad fast. We go through a lot of lettuce because we have bunnies. And so, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Those, the five pack of romaine hearts from Costco or Sam's club for like three bucks. Yeah. Except that my Costco has uh, like stopped selling them. I think we're having like, they're having stocking issues. Shortage yeah. issues. Yeah. That could be true. No, neither here nor there. Okay. So two yeah. weeks shopping. I love, this is one of the things I love about you, Rich, is oh. you're like, it's, it's like, it doesn't have to be two weeks. Like if you can extend it from going every week to going every week and a half, like that's going right. to be better than, than going every week. And so I think sometimes, like you, you said earlier, it's starting with the end in mind. Like, how can I move towards that? What could that look like to move towards that without feeling like, oh my gosh, Rachel said that I have to only grocery shop every two weeks and this is impossible and I can't do it and I hate it. So I'm just not, you know, I'm not going to do it. Which is Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Right. And, and like, I guess a lot of it is just like, do what works for you. Like I'm sharing what's worked for me and what works for the people that I work with. But like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yours is the same way with your macros. Yeah. Like you can do it or you can't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't change what I do. Totally. Yeah. All right. Number three, grocery online. Da, 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 da. <laughs> um, okay. So ordering your groceries online or for or for delivery, whichever one works, um, it'll drastically decrease your spending first because you're way more intentional with what you put in your cart. Um, and you're not like, actually it kind of bugs me sometimes. Cause I'm like, shoot, I'm not walking down an aisle, like to see what I need and just throwing random things. I have to like actually look up the item that I want, want to purchase. And then you're also watching that running total on the side. You're seeing like, okay, I just added that to my cart and now I'm at 160. 
my budget is 300. So now I have, you know, you, you play around with the numbers way better than if you're in the store, you're not buying things you don't need. And, um, and it also is way easier, honestly, than, than having to walk into a store. Yeah. Like I said, I, I started just a year ago cause I just had my renewal of doing the delivery for Walmart plus. Yeah. 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 For me, it's like worth the hundred dollars a month, a year to like have. Oh, totally. And totally. I like, it changed my life. It like revolutionized my life to like not have to go into the grocery store to have it show up on my front porch. And like you said, right. to be able to be intentional about what I'm buying and not necessarily walking down an aisle and having something called to me and throwing it in my cart. The other thing that's really nice, and this is more for people with older kids or even like spouses is that everybody in the family has the Walmart app. And so if they need something, something, she just goes onto the Walmart app and like puts it in. And if Ethan needs something, he goes into the Walmart app and like puts it in. Uh, And that's been really nice. Instead of having to be like, mom, can you pick me up X, Y, Z? They just put it in the cart. And then when I go through, I like, I'll see, oh, I didn't put that in. Hey, do you need this? Is there something else we can buy? Like have a conversation about it. I don't just like randomly buy crap, but it's, that's been really nice with my older kids. It's like when they need a a binder for school, they just like go put it in the app. They have it on their phone. I don't have to remember. Well, and that's another thing that reminds that reminded me too, is it helps with like forgetting things at the grocery store, like, cause you don't have a list. So throughout the week, if I open my fridge, I'm like, Oh, we're out of Mayo. What do I do? Immediately go add it on. So, um, again, I'm not shopping as often and I'm keeping my essentials like all in the app. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah. I have like a list so I can go see like the things that I buy every single week. Yes. Bulk add them. It's like the reorder list, like yeah. reorder. What, and like, that's usually where I go first is just the reorder list and see what I need to add. Um, but yeah, that'll, that'll like instantly drop your grocery spending. Yeah. And I would, I would have never tried it except for you were like preaching it to like high, <laughs> like it was. The, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like, I was new, like, yeah. Gonna try it out. <laughs> Rach seems to like this a lot. I really, really, yeah. I'm very, well, there's, and there's obviously barriers. Like people have barriers to it, but I'm like, girl, like if you just want to make your life easier, don't even do it to save money. Do it to make your life easier. You do have to be careful. I will say as a caveat, you do have to be careful. Like a lot of people will be like, well, I order on Instacart. Instacart does upcharge. Like instead of having your romaine lettuce be $3, it might be $4.50. So like each item might be a little bit more money. So you have to be careful about the, the like price difference and you can just like spend a couple times like in store versus on Instacart. Um, but like Sam's club, Walmart, you know, your main grocery stores, Kroger, they don't upcharge their items for pickup or delivery. Yeah. And and you have to be careful. you alerted me to this as well, but I saw it on the same time in the app that, uh, when Walmart does substitutions, they used to just substitute it for the same amount and now get for the increased price. So this morning I have a delivery coming this afternoon and they wanted me to approve one of the substitutions. And I was getting like bagels that were like, I don't know, a dollar 70. And they wanted yeah. to tell me bagels that were five twenty eight each. Yes. Um, no, <laughs> yeah. uh, you so know, if only I had a, if only I had a contact at Walmart I know. I just, I deserve one at this point for how much business I brought them. Seriously. <laughs> Come on, Walmart. I got some feedback for you. Okay. Another thing about ordering online is you can price check. Uh, I also, so I, I grocery shop at two stores. I grocery shop at Walmart and Sam's Club. And I'm constantly like, as I'm ordering, okay, is this cheaper at Walmart or Sam's Club per price per ounce? Uh, and then I can like decide which item I want to get. 
That's awesome. That's a good tip. So that's nice. That's a nice thing too. Okay. (laughs) I mentioned at the, at the the beginning that, you know, money is a touchy subject and you can get a lot of grief online when you start talking about money, especially when you talk about specific recommendations, but you do it anyway, because you're ballsy. And (laughs) (laughs) one of the things that you get the most grief about is the idea of a a budget of $125 per person per month for a grocery budget as like a guideline to give people a place. (laughs) Everybody wants a guideline until you give them a guideline and then nobody wants the guideline. They don't like you. So stupid, so wrong. So uh, where did that number come from and why do you continue to stand by it? So the 125 per person per month is kind of like the end. That's the end point, right? We're talking about the end point. It's not where you're starting. It's probably not where you're going to be in the first couple months, but that's where we want to get you to. And the reason I stand by that is because I've seen everybody do it. Like like when I work with someone one-on-one, like we can get them down there within three months. Like we can get them to that point. Um, and, and, and I just think it's a really healthy number where you're not overspending, but you're also having some, having some wiggle room so that you can maybe get some items that you want to splurge on. Like, it's just a, it's just a good place to be. And, you know, every family is different. Everybody's needs are different. It's just kind of like an average of what I think is a good place to be. Yeah. And, and again, I, I just think it's so funny how everyone wants a guideline and then you give it to them and then they just want to tell you why it's, Oh, they tell me it's not true. That's one of the things I was dealing with this morning is like your kids eat lunch at school and you probably eat out all the time. And I'm like, okay, well, (laughs) like don't shoot the messenger. Okay. I'm just telling you what I do. (laughs) Yeah. People just want to argue for their limitations, right? Like it's, it's, it's innate in all of us to kind of want to argue for our limitations and why we feel like we could never do that. But I, the other thing I love about you is that you're like, okay, well then fine. Like set a number and stick to it. Maybe it's $150 per person for you. Maybe you have like food allergies or maybe you have like, you know, hungry boy teenagers or whatever teenagers. it is. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. great. Then, then do it at one at 150 a month. Um, it, but it's like the intentionality behind it. It's like, let's just be intentional about I'm dedicating this money towards a food budget and I'm, you know, stick with this and that's going to help me to save money in the long run. And it's a stretch goal, right? Like we want to stretch people. We want to make them feel like they are actually working towards something. I would say the average person that I talk to that's starting out is spending between two to two fifty per person per month. Even if we're dropping that down to one seventy five per person per month, you're still saving hundreds of dollars every month, right? Like even with just a little bit of cutting back, there's still savings had. So it's not an all or nothing mentality. It's just working each month and seeing what you can do. And some months, some months I spend more because it's Christmas or whatever. Like we're on vacation more or whatever. You know, it's okay as long as I know, I know I can always get to 125. I I know I can always do that. Yeah, that's so good. Um, Awesome. Okay. Is there anything, I know we talked about meal planning. We talked about the grocery app and we talked, what was the second one we talked about? Two week shopping. Uh, oh, two week shopping. Yeah. So obviously, obviously those are like super tangible. Like people could start doing that today. Is there any other tip that you're, that someone who is listening, who is be feeling motivated, feeling like, okay, I want to get started on this process. That's like simple and can start saving the money today. Like what's another, another tip? Yeah. Hmm. Um, I think a lot of problems that people have too is feeling overwhelmed at mealtime. Mm-hmm. And, um, just feeling like, you know, 
Yeah, you never feel like worst it's time of the like, day. It's the <laughs> highest energy time of the day, right? Between the hours between five and seven, everyone's ticked off, everyone's tired, everyone's hungry. Yes. It's it's a high emotional time. Like it's I think we can, but but when we can lower down those emotions, we can have it can be peaceful, it can be enjoyable, it can be a really great time for bonding with our family. Um, and so that comes down to like how you're prepping your dinners and what you're cooking and how you come to the kitchen, right? Like how are you going to set the tone for the night? Um, and this is something that I've really been trying to work on is, is to get my dinners prepped and ready while the kids are in school. So that way it all just comes together at the end of the day and, um, Dinner's ready on the table and everybody's happy. I mean, that's the picture perfect. <laughs> that's <the> ideal, right? <laughs> We're working on it, okay? <laughs> um, but keeping your meals simple, 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 simple. Like I just always go back to that. What can I cook in the Instant Pot? What can make it so that I don't have to be like hands-on all the time? We'll just make your life a lot easier. And it will make you want to cook, right? Like burnout is real when it comes to mom life and cooking dinner. And that is that is a real thing. And what happens when we burn out, we want to eat out every meal and then you're going to be spending more money. So just finding what works for you and, and, um, pacing yourself through the process. I don't know if that was helpful with grocery budgeting, but that's just overall like feeding your family. Yeah. Stress. Yeah. I think, I think there's the, you know, and we kind of circle back around to where we started at the beginning of the, of the podcast was talking about how we were both raised in a, in a family where dinner was really important, mostly because of the connection, the time for connection, not necessarily, the yes. food, but it's just the time spent together. And we were both raised in a house that like every night we ate dinner together. And that was an important time for that connection. I think that's the ideal. I think that's what we all want is to be able right. to have this like time with our families. But I, I do agree that a lot of times it is taken over by the frustration of kids not liking food and the stress of trying to get on the table and everybody's hungry and everybody's crabby and we're trying to get out the door for soccer and you know, all of the things. And so I think stepped yeah. back and asking yourself the question, how can I make that time as easy as possible? The least yeah. resistance as possible is a really smart way. Right. right. Well, and then just making it not, not a fight. It's not a fight. Dinner's not a fight with my kids. Yeah. It's, you know, it's happens every night. There's no reason to create arguments over whether or not they want to eat their chicken and broccoli, you know? So then how do you deal with that? So I think that's a very common. Oh yeah. So we talked a lot about this recently. Um, and so I have, you know, obviously some tips and tricks to get kids to eat their dinner. My main tip that I tell people is to stop snacking at three thirty or four, depending on when you eat dinner. Uh, don't allow snacking two hours before dinner time. And, um, so that your kids come to the dinner table hungry, uh, cause they're more likely to try foods and then always making sure that there is something on the dinner table that they, you know, that they like and that they will eat. So they feel like it's a safe place that they can be. So it's not auto- automatically there's an objection. Um, and then they have to have everything on their plate. So whether or not you want to eat those Brussels sprouts, I don't care, but it has to sit on your plate. So that way it's just introducing foods to them. They become more comfortable with it. They see you eating the foods. And it just slowly over time, what do they say? Like a kid has to be introduced and try a food 10 times before they even like think about liking that food. Um, and then something that we learned from you was the two bites, no fights. You have to eat two bites, eat two bites. We won't fight you anymore. You can have dessert, whatever. Um, so just having them try the food and then there's no stress. And then there's no stress. You don't want to eat it. You don't have to eat it. Totally fine. 
you know, there's this, there's these strawberries on the table that you can eat instead. Yeah. And I will say that, you know, my kids are a little bit older than your kids and it's been really cool to see as my kids have matured and gotten older, their willingness to now try more foods and be more open-minded, you know, Kate, especially my 15 year old over the last year, right. has, she was just telling me, she's like, mom, a year ago, I wouldn't eat tomatoes. I wouldn't eat peppers. Like I wouldn't eat all of these things. And her taste buds are developing. We've exposed her right. to enough time. She desires to do it. And it's been really cool to see her. And even my 13 year old is, is starting to be willing to try things. And I think a lot of it is because we've just eaten them the whole time and we didn't force them to eat them, but yeah. they were always there. They were always available and they see us eating them. And they kind of also associate, here's a, here's a tip. They also associate eating those foods with being more mature and being older. And I think as they're wanting to step oh, yeah. into that like adulthood or like being treated like an adult, being treated like more mature, they associate, oh, eating like vegetables or eating, you know, onions or peppers or stuff. It's like the more mature thing to do. I definitely mm, see yeah. that in my kids of like wanting to step into that next phase of like maturing. Oh, interesting. So yeah. Yeah. That. So kind that's of really cool. Yeah. I like that. Okay. This has been so good. So good. I think people are going to really, um, hopefully take some of these tips and really start to put them into action. Definitely go and follow Rachel. What's your, drop your Instagram and your TikTok. Uh, it's Hey Rachel Coons on both Instagram and TikTok. Uh, both. Yeah. She's kind of a big deal on both. So um, go follow her on those her, her reels and her TikTok. <laughs> just don't come give me hate, please. I just don't want any more hate. <laughs> only if, listen, the only only people who are nice listen to this podcast. Like this is not like okay, yeah, yeah. We like this. We like this community. This, this audience yeah. is a very nice and pleasant community. Be nice no, I can take the hate. I can take it. You want to give it? I can take it. <laughs> you can dish it out, cow. <laughs> be careful i'll have a really good comeback for you <laughs> uh, and you've mentioned a little bit about your course tell us a little bit about, more about that because i know it's coming out oh soon. yeah okay so i'm super excited i'm launching a 12-week course um at the end of the month and it's basically going to take you from overspending feeling overwhelmed feeding your family uh, and we're going to get you to 125 per person per month. That's the goal at the end. And then just feeling confident that you have the systems in place. You have everything in place so that you can continue doing what you're doing for the rest of your life. Continue saving. It's like, I want people to get where I am. It took me, you know, two years to get to where I am, but I want people to feel the same way and just feel confident in what they're doing. Uh, and it's going to be awesome. I'm really, really excited about it. Yeah. So you can either take two years to do it on your own or you can get it done. Yeah. <laughs> and imagine the money that you will save. That's like, I'm like, okay, if we're saving $300 per person or per family, that's like, okay, great. $300, whatever. That's $3,600 in a year. Imagine what you could take your kids to Disneyland for $3,600, yeah. you know, treat your family to an awesome vacation with what you're saving on your grocery or you could invest in retirement. You could do that too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but I, all I'm saying is it really, it does add up. Imagine that for 10 years, imagine that for the rest of your life. Like there really is great power in, in cutting back. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. So we will, uh, link all this up, up in the show notes. Um, we'll link up Rachel's Instagram and stuff. I'm sure you'll have information on your, in your bio and stuff. So if you're interested in that, we'll definitely, um, have a link in the show notes to be able to, to go and check that out. Cool. All right. Any last uh, words of wisdom or things you, you feel like you didn't get to say that you want to make sure everyone hears? Oh, off the cuff? Off yeah. the cuff. 
<laughs> no, I'm no, I don't. I, I say what I want to on my Instagram. I no no filter most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, definitely go check out Rachel and thanks Rach for, for being on. Thanks and Amber. with uh, my thanks. Audience. Okay. See ya. I hope you enjoyed that episode. It's always fun to have my sister on the podcast and be able to chat with her. She's phenomenal. She's amazing. And I definitely recommend going and checking out her program. It should be launching around the same time that this episode is coming out. So if you're someone who is really wanting to be intentional about saving some money this year and uh, you like this idea of being able to get your, your grocery budget down so you can spend that money elsewhere, I highly recommend checking out her stuff. Her Instagram is phenomenal. Her TikTok's phenomenal. And her course is amazing as well. And as a reminder, if we convinced you to try grocery online grocery shopping, which has really changed the game for me this last year, I do have a referral code that you can access in the show notes. So if you go to bicepsafterbabies.com forward slash 263, it's just the episode number. In there, I have a referral code that'll get you $20 off your first order and it gives me $20 as well. So I hope you like it. It, Like I said, it has changed the game for me in the amount of money that I spend at the grocery store and the amount of time that I save. So for me, it's 100% worth it. That wraps up this episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm Amber. Now go out and be strong because remember my friend, you can do anything. Hey friend, have you heard the news? We have a Biceps After Babies Radio insider list. If you love Biceps After Babies Radio, you don't want to miss a thing. Head to bicepsafterbabies.com forward slash insider to join the group. You'll be the first to know all things about the podcast, see some behind the scenes, and get special messages from yours truly. We want to make this a special community for those who are fans of the podcast. And last, did this episode particularly resonate with you? If so, will you please share it? Either send the link to someone who would find it valuable or take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tell your family and friends why they should listen. Make sure you tag me at Biceps After Babies so I can hear your feedback and give you a little love. And you know, if you aren't already following me on Instagram or Facebook, that's the perfect time to hit that follow button. Thank you for being here and listening to Biceps After Babies Radio.